This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, August 5th, 2022. I'm Caleb Brown. It's not been in headlines as often recently, but the baby formula crunch continues relatively unimpeded. That is, between domestic regulatory rules and foreign trade barriers, the federal government has established a high bar for getting safe, reasonably priced formula on store shelves. Cato's Gabriella Beaumont-Smith explains. Among the supply chain hiccups, I don't know if I'd call this a hiccup at this point, it would be you know, perhaps world record setting hiccups if uh, it were uh, going on for as long as it has been. But to the extent that we've had supply chain disruptions and uh, problems with uh, creating in the United States sufficient baby formula for parents to uh, feed to their children, this has gone on for a very long time. And it's not it's it's the kind of thing where I I watch Joe Biden sort of wave his fist and say that he's going to invoke things like the Defense Production Act to compel corporations to make things for the benefit of U.S. consumers, but it doesn't ever seem to strike him to quickly get out of the way of the people who would like to make products and buy those products in the United States. And you've pointed to in a number of occasions just sort of the dumb rules that govern the degree to which in this pinch, this awful pinch for parents, that uh, they can buy baby formula that comes from somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, we're still seeing out-of-stock levels around 30% on a national level, um, which is much lower than we were seeing a few months ago, but is not really acceptable for America. Um, and there has been some positive news on the trade front. Congress uh, passed legislation and has been signed by the president to remove tariffs and quotas on imports of baby formula. Um, But what still remains a problem is the FDA approval process. And while the FDA has said it is expediting applications to approve infant formula, um, they're not doing it fast enough, which is why we're still seeing these out-of-stock levels. And and the way the FDA functions in times like these is when all eyes are on them, they make sure every I is dotted, every T is crossed, and they really are – they're less concerned about what the actual impacts of their inaction are on the marketplace. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's just – it's it's – frankly absurd at this point that the FDA doesn't realize they are the biggest barrier to allowing imports uh, in into the market. Um, we shouldn't be questioning safe trading partners. Uh, we know that the UK and the European Union and New Zealand and Australia produce perfectly safe quality formula. Um, let's just get it into the country. Let's just allow it in. And even on the trade front, um, the suspension of tariffs is only through to December 31st. That's really something that should be a permanent change. And so um, there should be efforts to to make those trade changes permanent because baby formula is a basic necessity. We're not talking about a, you know, a luxury product for everyone. We're talking about something that babies need and and they, we shouldn't be taxing it. Uh, so even if the FDA just jumped out of the way here and said, yep, everything's fine, do whatever you want, uh, you know, caveat emptor, 
get the best thing you can for your kids, talk to your friends, uh, you know, watch the news to see if the, any of this, these products are problematic. Even if that were the case, uh, we would still have, uh, as you noted, tariffs uh, that would be coming into full effect in January of next year. And my suspicion is, and, and maybe a lot of people wouldn't wouldn't uh, identify this or recognize it, is that if you're a major company and you suddenly find yourself with a sort of hot market for a product that you would like to then ship to that country, if if you know that suddenly the price of doing that business is going to increase in a few months, you might not invest very much time and energy into uh serving that market as you otherwise would if the if the tariffs had gone away completely. Yeah, that's entirely possible. Um, but I will say, unfortunately, uh, the government is pretty good at taxing things that they know people will pay for. Um, and because people need baby formula, a lot of people may just pay the the tariff because if they find a European baby formula that their baby likes, they they might just eat the cost because it's very important for their, for parents to give babies the formula that works for them. Um, but of course, tariffs are aggressive, so that means it's going to impact the poorest people the most. And uh, I think new parents have a hard enough time as it is, so let's just not make it more expensive for them. Amen. Um, with with, with <laughs> it's almost like uh, the feds want to treat uh, baby formula like it's cigarettes, right? Right. A very uh, a strong demand for a product. The people who want it really, really want it. And uh, <laughs> the government says, yeah, we know you really want it. That's why we're going to tax it this way. Yeah, it's pretty mind-blowing. There is a welfare angle with the special supplemental nutrition program for women, infants, and children. Um and these people are hurting the most at the moment, too, because their benefits that they use to buy formula, um, they can only use in store. But mostly for infant formula, you're only able to find it online at the moment. And they're not allowed to use their benefits online because of the way that the cards work. You know, it's assigned to a specific number of canisters and a specific number of uh, uh, the specific brand, and there is no cash value on the cards, and they require PIN numbers, and it's very complicated to translate using those cards online. So these people that have benefits are going into stores, and they're not able to buy the formula using their benefits because it's not available, and so they're paying out of pocket too. And so wealthier people who are not beneficiaries of these programs, they just buy the stuff that they need. They eat the cost. No big deal. But for lower income people who are taking advantage of these programs, they have a dramatically reduced range of options. Yes, that's exactly right. So going forward, what do you expect? I mean, this is the kind of thing that if this were a free and open market where people could buy and sell whatever they wanted, this would have been a hiccup if it were even a substantial problem at all. We might have seen different brands on the shelves, but it wouldn't have been as disruptive as it has been with all the barriers that are in place. What do you expect the next six months to look like? 
I am optimistic that the suspension of tariffs and quotas will fill in some of the gap, but as we've talked about today, there's not necessarily a huge incentive from foreign companies to come in and and fill in, um, you know, trying to carve out their market share for themselves. So I don't think that this is going to be completely solved. Um, and this crisis has illustrated what that there's a longer term, there's a systemic problem here, that we need to be removing tariffs on on baby formula, period, and we shouldn't have quotas on baby formula, and that the, there's some question for reforming the WIC program too, to make that a little more flexible as well. So I think the situation will improve. However, I don't think it will be totally solved. So Congress's role here, get rid of the tariffs, limit the FDA's authority. Is there any appetite to do those kinds of things? Congress, I think, has some appetite to permanently remove tariffs. Um, FDA approval process is a bit trickier. I think that um, people in Cong- members of Congress understand that this is a problem, and this unfortunately it took this crisis to illustrate that problem. Um, and I think same goes for the WIC program because obviously the WIC uh, program has resulted in large concentration in the market, uh, which is why when one of basically two of the suppliers in the US shut down. There was such a significant supply shock in the market. So I do think there is appetite for change, but I think we'll have to wait and see. Gabriella Beaumont-Smith is a policy analyst at the Cato Institute. Please give a rating to the Cato Daily Podcast on your podcast platform of choice and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.